Good morning. We're going to continue to see what God wants to teach us through the life of Peter, or as he's also known, Simon, John's son. We saw last week how he had recognized his sinfulness before God. How in recognizing that he had actually come right to Jesus, humbly, because he knew that Jesus took away the sin of the world. And as we finished last week, as they came off the boat on the beach there at the Sea of Galilee, we hear Jesus speaking to Peter. Peter, come follow me. You're a fisherman, I will make you a fisher of men. Come follow me. Andrew was there, his brother as well. And the two of them left their boats and followed Jesus. And it wasn't just them. James and John were there. Remember, they were there in the other boat that had brought in this huge catch. And Jesus said to them as well, James and John, come, follow me. They left their nets, their boat, their father, and all the workers from their business, their fishing business. They left it all and went and followed Jesus. It seems to be the way that if people were following Jesus, they were leaving everything to do that. It was the same for Matthew. He was a tax collector, sitting in his booth, doing his business. Jesus comes along and says, Matthew, come follow me. And so Matthew leaves everything, his whole business, leaves it all and follows Jesus. Don't get the idea that they were following a strange man, someone they didn't know. By this time, they already knew that this was the Messiah. This was the one who takes away the sin of the world. This was the Son of God. And they followed him. A rich young man came to Jesus one day and he said, I I, I want eternal life. What do I need to do? And Jesus says, well, you need to sell everything you have. Give it away. All your riches, give it away to the poor and then come and follow me. Leaving all to follow Jesus. It was too much for him. Another disciple said to Jesus, I want to follow you and I will follow you. But I I have an elderly father at home. Uh, I have responsibilities there. Wait till he dies and then I'll follow you. And Jesus said, let others look after him. You come and follow me. Many women also followed Jesus. Women from Galilee left their homes. They followed with Jesus and the disciples, providing for them. Um, Out of their own means, they provided for them. They left everything to follow Jesus. Is that what it means to follow Jesus? To leave everything to follow him? Well, let's read what Jesus himself said. We're going to read from Luke chapter 9, verses 23, down to verse 26. Here are Jesus' words. And let me stress, these words are said to the disciples. Sometimes these words are read as if they're read to non-believers. They're actually read to his disciples, or said to his disciples. Then he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. 
But whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. When that rich young man had uh, been told by Jesus to sell all that he had and come follow him, said he went away sadly. And Peter turned to Jesus and Peter said, we have left everything to follow you. And they had. They had left everything to follow. Is that what Jesus is asking? Could that be? What are the things that that maybe you feel are, are too important to leave to follow Jesus? Things that you're trying to control in your life. Your business. Or your job. Getting on in your job. These are important things. Education, getting a good education, degrees, your health, fitness, sport, money, amassing more money so we can have better possessions, family. These things are all important to us. Surely Jesus isn't asking me to leave these things to follow him. I can follow him surely and still have these things as important in my life. These things that we call legitimate things. Jesus never called them legitimate things. Jesus said, leave everything and follow me. You remember his words? We've heard them often enough. Do we understand them when he said, Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. He wants to be first. He wants to be in control. Peter, maybe you can help us on this, because you left everything to follow Jesus. But it's a great cost, is it not? To leave family, to leave business. To leave everything. Surely you could have followed Jesus and still had your own life. Cost, says Peter. No. Jesus never said that there was a cost to leave everything and follow him. He did talk about we needed to work out all the cost of things so we could see that there's only one way to go. And that's to follow him. When I told Jesus, we've left everything to follow you, he said, anyone who has left house, brothers, sisters, father, mother, children, lands, possession, left anything to follow me for my sake and the gospels, they will be rewarded a hundred times as much. Oh yes, Peter, I know, but that's, that's in the future. <laughs> I'm thinking of the present No, that's what Jesus actually said. He was talking about the present. He said they'll be rewarded a hundred times in this life now and in an age to come, eternal life. 
The reward for following Jesus, for leaving everything and following Jesus, is for now and forever. Those words that we read from Luke chapter 9, look at them clearly again. What was Jesus actually saying when he was saying that you have to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him? He said whoever wants to save their life, they will lose it. If you're trying to hold on to your life, the things that are important to you, if you're trying to control all that and you think you can do it, you're going to lose it. But he says, whoever loses their life for me, he says, will gain it, will save it. He's trying to show the difference between me controlling my life, me looking after the things that are important to me, or giving them up and living the life that Jesus has for me. You will remember the words that Jesus said, John 10.10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus came not to take away the lives that we have set up for ourselves, but to Give us real life. A full life. Well, Peter, was it a full life for you? You gave up everything, your family, your job, your work, everything to follow Jesus. Was that not a great cost? Cost? Oh, no, he said. That life of following Jesus brought joy, excitement. You know, he says, I remember a time when Jesus sent us out to preach to other people. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. And I remember we came back to Jesus and we were so excited. We were full of joy. Because even the demons, and we told Jesus this, even the demons submitted to us in Jesus' name. We were full of joy. Jesus had to calm us down a little bit uh, to tell us uh, that's not where you should find your joy. Find your joy in the fact that your name is written in the book of life. That's real joy. Excitement. We got to see Jesus performing miracles. He healed people from their diseases. He gave sight to the blind. He made lame to walk. I was very specially taken into the room with James and John with Jesus, into the room where Jairus' daughter's body lay on a bed. Dead. And Jesus just put out his hand and raised her up and gave her new life. And I'll never forget on the mountain that day, thousands of people all around Jesus and Jesus said, I want to feed them. What, all these thousands? And I remember my brother Andrew bringing a little boy with his lunch. Five loaves, two fishes to Jesus. Jesus blessed them. And then I, with the other disciples, got to set the people down and take basket loads of bread and fish round to them so they could eat all they could. They were satisfied fully. And we went around with baskets afterwards and picked up all the leftovers. (laughs) Following Jesus cost. I wouldn't have changed that for anything. Following Jesus had so much in it and so much joy and so much excitement.
uh, Peter, you say that, but it wasn't always like that, was it? Ah, says Peter, you've read about me, you know about me, don't you? About me denying the Lord Jesus, that's what you're talking about, isn't it? Yes, Peter, that's what we're talking about. Where was the joy and the excitement there? When you were telling people you didn't know Jesus. Oh, he says, I know that and I will never forget those days. He says, the joy had left me. I think it started when Jesus was trying to tell us that he would be leaving us. How could we follow him if he wasn't there with us? Where he started talking about his suffering and even his death. I suppose when the joy went, in came things like pride and fear. Oh, I was a proud man. I thought, no, I'll protect Jesus. I'll stop him from being taken. I can protect him. I said to him, there in that upper room, I said to him, even if everyone else leaves you, not me, Jesus, I'll go with you. I'll go with you even to prison. Or to death. I'm there for you, Jesus. I remember when they uh, took him and bound him. And they were taking him off from the Garden of Gethsemane. And I even decided, I pulled out the sword, cut off the servant's ear. I was going to protect him. Jesus just put the ear back and healed him again. I couldn't do it. I thought I could control things. I thought I was able for it. But the problem, and you can read about it too, is the problem is I was following Jesus at a distance. Yeah. I, I, I was still, if you'd asked me, I said, oh yes, I'm still a follower of Jesus. But I was following at a distance. Pride and fear had come. What if they took me? Pride and fear had come. The joy and excitement had gone. I was following at a distance. But there was something that Jesus had said to me before we went out to the Garden of Gethsemane. Listen to his words, Luke 22, verses 31 to 34. Listen to the words. Simon, Simon, Jesus said, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. That was when I said, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. And that was where he told me, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. He prayed for me. Did you notice that? He prayed for me. He prayed that even though he knew what I was going to do, he prayed that my faith would not fail. He prayed that I would turn back. And he knew that he had worked for me. He knew the future. He had worked for me to do. He hadn't given up on me. I remembered those words. As I sat in that courtyard, the fire going in the middle, Jesus bound and beaten at the other side of the courtyard. 
And when I denied that I knew him three times, I said, no, I don't know him, I don't know him, I don't know him. And oaths and curses came out of my mouth. And then the rooster crowed. And I looked across and my eyes caught his eyes. He was looking at me. And I'll tell you, it wasn't a look of, I told you so, Peter. It wasn't a look of, what a dreadful thing you've done, Peter. It was a look of, I prayed for you, Peter. Satan wants to get you, but I have prayed for you. He had prayed for my protection. I remember those words to his father. Father, protect them from the evil one. He had prayed for my faith that it wouldn't fail. He had prayed for my restoration. And for the work that I would do for him. But that look. That look just took me. uh, The tears just tripped me. They poured out of my eyes. Tears of shame. Tears of fear. As I left there, it was for me it was all over. There was no joy or excitement left in following Jesus. How could I follow him after what I had done to him? It wasn't the same. You know, even after Jesus rose from the dead, and I saw him, and, and I was joyful for seeing him, but it wasn't the same. I was following at a distance. I decided to go back to my old life. Back home. Back to my family. Back to my business. Back to fishing. At least that's one thing I knew what how to do. That's one thing where I could feel comfortable. Where I could feel in control. And I went back fishing. Control. We all think we can control our lives, don't we? Our work, our business, our money, our health, our family, our education. I think one thing that the pandemic has taught us is that we're more out of control than we ever thought. It was the same for Peter. Control, at least I'm a fisherman, at least I know how to do that. They went out fishing and all night they spent and caught nothing. Not one little fish. So much for being able to control his life. And so the opportunity came. That next morning, after they had toiled all night and caught nothing, John points to a man on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. There's the Lord. It was enough for Peter. Let's hear Peter's story. Peter said, I just jumped into the water and I swam to the shore. I swam to him. I knew that these last days had had not had that joy, that excitement, that reality, that full life that he had promised. I needed him. And he cared for me. Oh, I was tired. I was wet. I was downhearted. He fed me. He fed me fish. I don't know where he got those fish. They weren't ours. We didn't catch any. He fed me there on the shore. And then he talked to me. 
Let's read what happened there on the shore from John chapter 21, verses 15 to 90. You will notice in this no judgment of Peter. Jesus never mentioned that he had denied him three times. No judgment. Here's the words that we read in John 21. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Oh, Peter, when Jesus asked me if I, if, if I loved him more than these, more than the fishing, more than the friends, more than family, more than home, more than money, more than anything. I knew that I did. And I knew that he knew me. Right deep inside, he knew all things. He knew that I loved him. And he said those words again. Follow me. I followed him left everything and followed him. Nothing else mattered anymore. But Peter, it was a difficult life and, and Jesus did leave you. Are you kidding? A difficult life? Yes, Jesus did leave. I, I remember, but as, as he ascended back to heaven and we went to Jerusalem, we were full of joy, praising God and worshipping. I understood now. I can follow Jesus even when he's not there beside me, physically. I can follow him. And the joy was back again. The excitement was back again. <laughs> Difficult life. You kidding? Do you remember the day of Pentecost? I got to stand up, filled by the Holy Spirit of God, and preach about Jesus and his death and his resurrection. And 3,000 souls that day, religious Jews, repented of their sin and got forgiveness of their sin. And 3,000 Jews were baptized that day in Jerusalem. I was there. I was able to stand in front of that hierarchy of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish leaders. Me, a fisherman, an uneducated man, and I was able to stand up there and tell them there is salvation in no one else. 
For there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. I was there. Yes, I was whipped. Yes, I was beaten. I was imprisoned. But you know, the joy was there. I was rejoicing because I was counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. He had suffered for me and now I could suffer for him. I was there when the gospel went out of Jerusalem to the Samaritans through Philip the Evangelist preaching and I got to go and see what God was doing there in saving Samaritans. I got to go to Caesarea to bring the gospel to Gentiles, to Cornelius and his household and see amazingly then trust Christ and receive the Holy Spirit and be baptized that night. And how could I ever forget sleeping in that prison cell that night? Quite possibly the next day or two I would be taken out and put to death. Because that had happened to James. But I slept soundly until a bright light came. And the angel of the Lord came and told me to stand up and my chains fell off. We walked out through the gates, past the soldiers that were guarding me, right outside the prison. You kidding? Difficulty? What do you think was most up, uppermost in my mind? The difficulties, the trials, or the joy of following Jesus? I have come to give life and to give it to the full. I don't know if you've read uh, Peter's letters or not at the end of the Bible, but in 1 Peter 4.16, Peter says this, If you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God. That you bear that name. Oh, Peter would say, dear brother and sister, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Follow him. If you'll excuse some personal testimony, this is from myself, as I was looking back and certain highlights in my life, I found it interesting to find uh, that those big highlights entailed being down on my knees before God. Eight years old, getting out of bed, onto my knees at the side of the bed. And telling God that I knew I was a sinner, but that Christ had died for me. I wanted him as my saviour. Eighteen years old, at a Christian house party. I, I can't remember who was speaking, or even what he spoke on. But God spoke to me that night. And I remember going into the dining room. It was dark. I didn't put on the light. Got down my knees at a dining table, uh, chair, a dining room chair. And they're telling God, you can have all of me. I had been fighting with God for some time, holding on to certain parts of my life. At that moment, he got all of me. I remember again, over 35 years ago, here in Gilnerhurk, up in what we call the old building, because there was no new building in those days. Again, I can't remember who was speaking or what he spoke on. It was some special series of meetings. But Elizabeth and I came home that night. We talked about what God had said to us 
We talked for a long time. And then we got off that sofa and we got down on our knees and we said to God, here we are, we're available. Whatever you want, wherever you want. Following him. May God, as he speaks to you, encourage you, show you what it is follow Jesus, that you might be willing to say to him, I'm coming. Let's pray. Father, I thank you again just for the life that Jesus gives to us. Not only the eternal life, but the full life that he wants to give even today. I pray, Father, for all those listening to your word today, that as your spirit would speak and challenge hearts, Pray that there would be some Father who would be willing to say, I'm coming. I want to follow Jesus. I want to leave all and follow him. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.